This is a Podcast 225 production. Welcome to the Clay Young Show. So our guest on this week's edition of the Clay Young Show is Bishop Charles Wallace, who is the pastor of the Oasis Christian Church here in Baton Rouge. And I wanted to have a conversation with him about what's going on in the community and a little bit about healing what's going on in the community. He is someone who is very involved in this city and in other cities. As you can tell, he's got a 100% totally positive vibe about him, and he's like that all the time. And I think it's, it's a good discussion that I'm looking forward to. He will be our guest on the other side of the break want to thank everybody at the Baton Rouge Police Department as of last week. I was MC over the sixth out of seven awards banquets, and last week's was probably, no, not probably, it was definitely the most impactful one that I have been a part of, obviously because of the honoring of all of the sacrifices of men and women last year, including the ultimate sacrifice paid by two Baton Rouge police officers, and a sheriff's deputy. Now, most of you know that we have since lost another deputy, and I'm certain that there are going to be memorials and honorariums paid in Sean Anderson's honor in the future, but it was really good to be a part of that. So thank you to uh, the police department, the union, and all of the people who were organizing it and who allowed me to be a part of it again for another year. All right. Without further delay, let's take a quick break and come back and talk with Bishop Charles Wallace of the Oasis Christian Church here in Baton Rouge. He's our guest on The Clay Young Show. This is Dr. Mary Catherine Roderick, and I'm Katie Fetzer. We're the owners and co-founders of The Wellness Studio, a mental health practice with locations here in Baton Rouge and Covington. We are also your host for The Waiting Room Podcast here on podcast225.com. Our podcast is a journey into the world of mental health. On our show, we're going to discuss some of the various forms of mental health conditions. We're also going to shed light on the various ways our listeners can get a better understanding of how the mind works and why we do what we do. So subscribe today to get The Waiting Room Podcast here on podcast225.com, iTunes, and the Talk 107 mobile app. And now, today's Manners Minute. Many years ago, my family spent two years in New York City, living on the 17th floor of a 36-story high-rise. We didn't have a spare dime or a car, so entertainment options were limited. With twin four-year-old sons and a husband who was studying 24-6, it was up to me to find ways to get to know our neighbors without money or transportation. Beyond getting in good shape, walking everywhere did have its advantages because we saw the same folks every day, eye to eye, making small talk that led to real connections. If someone needed help, we offered to help. At Christmas, the boys delivered homemade goodies in produce baskets given to us by our neighborhood grocer. By treating neighbors the way we want to be treated, we found great neighbors in a different kind of neighborhood for us Southerners. Choosing respect works every time. Visit hashtag BRRespect at mannersoftheheart.org to join the movement and sign the pledge with respect, Baton Rouge thrives. Welcome back to the Clay Young Show. Back with Bishop Charles E. Wallace, the pastor of the Oasis Christian Church in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. He is one of Baton Rouge's leading citizens and has been involved in a great deal of the effort that has gone on since uh, 
last summer to help keep the community as cohesive as possible. Bishop Wallace, he's also a very good friend of mine as well. I can't leave that out. Bishop Wallace, how are you? I'm doing great, Clay. Good Get, to be pull with that you. mic a little closer to you. I'm doing great, and it's good to be with you this morning. You know, we've sat in a few community meetings. I remember one in particular where Congressman Graves and Richmond got a bunch of people together to talk about bringing the community. What is your observation about the Baton Rouge region right now? Well, Clay, of course, over the past couple of years now, we've had a multiplicity of things to happen mm -hmm. in our community, <clears throat> some of which have brought us together, and some have caused a great divide. Okay. When I look at what happened in a community, I look at it the same way I look at a church or a family. When things happen, it presents opportunities right. to make things better. But there has to be a willingness on the parties involved to work together. And I believe that we're faced with that opportunity now in right. the midst of all of the things that have happened and will happen. Things happen. Right. And I believe that if we would come together as a community and be open and frank mm -hmm. and be human, mm -hmm. I think that we can resolve the issues that are laid before us. I'm convinced that whatever happened on your watch during your generation, that's your call to do something about it, that we shouldn't pass it on to the next generation. Mm. And I think what we are seeing is an accumulation of things that have never been really addressed properly and just pass it on to the next generation. And you know, it's like a volcano. Yeah, It's been smoking and then it's just waiting to erupt. Yeah. And I think that we hold the key as leaders to make a difference. And so I have availed myself. As you said earlier, we've been to a lot of meetings, a lot yeah. of gatherings. Some yeah. we wanted to be at and some we didn't, but we <laughs> wanted right. to go and right. see if we could make a difference. That's right. That's right. Because you want to you wanna be effective, not yeah. busy. Yeah. And so... Even though we have a lot of challenges, I still see a bright future. I much rather look in or look out rather the windshield than the rearview mirror. You know what's interesting? I had this conversation with somebody last week that when we think back to last year, we remember how tumultuous July was, and it was tumultuous. But we don't talk about August and how August was an example of how we stripped off any label there was yeah. to go help our neighbor. Yeah. Nobody really talks a whole lot about August. That yeah. was that too happened, yeah. and that too is a reflection of how we treat one another, isn't it? It is. Well, you know the saying, if it bleeds, it, <laughs> it bleeds. bleeds right. Yeah. Right. And so bad news have the tendency <laughs> to spread faster than good news. But but to that Listen, point, I like to say good news, good news is in a buggy, bad news is in a Ferrari. That's exactly right. <laughs> Yeah, people ears are tuned. Yeah, or they go to the to the uh, Indianapolis Raceway <laughs> to see the speed and hoping to be a wreck. That's, that's right. That's right. That's and so sad, but so true. I was there. That's right. I My goodness. It. My goodness. But, but but if we can, uh, you know, take these these opportunities. Mm -hmm. I call them opportunities. 
uh, I don't really call them problems. Yeah. A problem is not a problem when you know the answer. Right. They become challenges. Mm -hmm. How do I get the answer to the challenge? And I think if we would work together, Mm -hmm. you know, I was with a group of, of, of pastors that did not look like me. Okay. And we were being very open and transparent. Mm-hmm. And uh, we was at a meeting. And for at, the slow people in the audience, he meant white guys. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to vote. I know. I'll be brutally honest. Yeah, uh, Bishop I'm, Wallace, as most people know, is about the classiest person yeah. you can meet. I'm just yeah. shooting right to you. Yeah, know, I'm trying it. to avoid saying that because I want us to be so human that That's I right. just say. That's right. It's not about color. Right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And uh, I was encouraged. I was standing next to another pastor. Okay. And we were all, it was several of us, and we was encouraged to pass our business card to each other, okay. get in touch with each other. Sure. And start having some type of dialogue. Yeah. So I did it because I was asked to do it. The pastor next to me, he did it. I didn't call him. He didn't call me. Mm-hmm. But the reason why I didn't call him is that I didn't want to call him. And he probably didn't want to call me. Right. It wasn't that... I had anything against him, sure. but I believe that our connection should be genuine, right. that it shouldn't be manipulated right. because this is what somebody right. say you should do. And I think if we could just be open and honest and transparent and just be human right, and make contact with each other, I promise you we'll find that we have more in common that we'll even like each other, mm-hmm. and we'll start working together. And that's how you begin to chip away on this big, racial divide that we have. Could I ask you to expound upon what we were talking about before we came on the air? You you were talking a little bit about the need to get back to being human. Exactly. Before we are anything else, mm-hmm. <laughs> we are human. That's right. And we put so many layers of things on us that we even forget ourselves. Right. That we're human. Right. When you forget that you are human, then you begin to do inhumane things Mm. and not even aware of what you're doing. And if we be human and treat each other as human beings, which is what we are first, I believe that we can get past all of the ideologies and the isms Mm -hmm. and the traditions and customs and Mm -hmm. things that have have been attached to all of us because the reality of it is we all become a product of our environment. Right. Whatever that environment is. But when we know better, when we look at it from a human perspective, then we must be willing ourselves to shed some things, to get rid of some things, to do away with some things that we know is not good for us. And it's going to take all of us looking at the man in the mirror. Right. And ask ourselves, do I like what I see? And I believe that if we can be honest with ourselves first, and then we allow the Spirit of the Lord, because you can't do it by yourself, it's going to take the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, <laughs> Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Hezekiah, <laughs> Zephaniah, and all of the prophets right. to help you do it. But it can be done. It can be done. When you are talking with people, when you see all of the, the, the ways that people attack one another now, mm-hmm. there is this insatiable thirst 
to just criticize and bash and separate and all of these things. If you're talking to a group of people and you're trying to make them understand the long-term destructive nature of that, what do you tell them? Well, it's almost like if you say something, then I must say something. Yeah. If you do something, I must do something. Right. We call it trying to get even. Mm-hmm. This is what I would say to them. When you try to get even, you'll never get ahead. Wow. So yeah. you only hinder yourself. Right. You'll never get into your purpose and your destiny trying to get even. Mm. In fact, I give them a scripture. Okay. The Lord say, vengeance is mine. Let the Lord take care of it. <laughs> <laughs> you do what you need to do. <laughs> it's so amazing. You spoke up at the, the meeting with Congressman Graves in Richmond about not accepting certain kinds of thought yeah. into your environment and your psyche and, and not letting yourself be around people who are haters, right? Yeah. So people listening may go, I love that concept, but it's so hard to do when you got to go to work and you have to be out in the community and you go to the store or you're in, you're in traffic. How can you control your environment when you can't necessarily know or control what other people are all about? Well, you can't control what other people do, mm-hmm. but you can control what you do. There you go. And what you do impact the people around you. So you can change people indirectly by the way you change. Okay. So Explain that. Explain that for us. Well, this is what I do, Clay. I came up and experienced many of the things that many people of my ethnicity experienced right. during my era. Right. And, of course, we saw just recently, just the other day, LeBron James got something painted on his house. Yeah. A, man, so it a $21 million mansion in Los Angeles. You see. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. So it's easy for me, yeah. if I choose to, to let somebody come and talk to me about what mm-hmm. these dirty, low-down mm-hmm. yeah. white mm-hmm. folks do. Yeah. But, Clay, I cannot allow that to happen in my circle. Sure. Because if... If I'm going to get out there and preach and teach and proclaim that that we have to stay righteous, mm-hmm. we can't allow that, then I have to be an example of that. I have to do that for myself. I have to live it. If I'm going to be able to look at a person the way I'm supposed to look at them, then I can't let anybody bring acidic, toxic stuff about someone and dump it on me. Mm-hmm. I have to stop it. But what if everybody stopped it? Right. It would go away. It will go away. Hmm. See, I won't let you, uh, Clay, I won't let someone come to me and say derogatory things about you. Likewise. I have to stop them. That's right. I got to protect you. That's right. And then when I do that, guess what? I will either bring change about that person or they won't want to be in my circle. Right. So you solve the problem either way. Exactly. You, you see, and I think we, we must be able to do that. Now, it does not deny what you see. Oh, sure. And what you hear. But you just choose not to allow it to affect you because you're about bringing about change. 
You and I have spent a great number of Tuesday nights downtown and Mike Irwin's courtroom with District Attorney Hiller Moore having an opportunity to address young men in the Brave program. I've only talked about it a couple times with Hiller here on the show, but I'd like you to talk because I, I want to go somewhere with that, talking about young men, specifically young black men and the work that people are doing to try to help and, and, and get them to understand that they have a destiny. But talk about your experience being in the call in when we have been there with the D.A. for Brave. Let me let me segue into that sure. so that those that are listening to me know that. I'm committed sure. to try to make a difference. Absolutely. I just recently uh, spoke at Dixon Correctional Institute right. a few weeks ago. And you do that regularly at, at prisons I spent, around. I spent, yeah. I spent six hours last Saturday wow. at Louisiana State Penitentiary. Wow. Six hours. And you do that every month? I, I go to the East Baton, we go to the East Baton Rouge Parish Prison every Saturday morning wow. for over seven years now, going wow. into our seventh year. We only missed one Saturday. That's strong. And that is when they had the protests yeah. in Baton Rouge and yeah. the jails were so filled. Right. They say, we can't leave and let you right. all in. Right, right, right. So we go downtown. We look at these young men. We look at their parents. Mm-hmm. We look at the district attorney, the Chief of police, oh, yeah. the sheriff, everybody, U.S. attorney, U.S. attorney, yeah. the FBI, yep. Yep. all the powers that be mm-hmm. are there. Yep. And their responsibility is to arrest you and put you in jail. No doubt. But they are there interceding, mm-hmm. trying to plead with you to go another route. Right. Now, when I see that, I, I have to ask myself, what what's happening to the mind of a young man that he would much rather go down a road that leads to destruction? Mm-hmm. They have body bags of people they know on the video right. while they're sitting there. Yeah, I don't know that I've ever said that, that while we're in the courtroom, there are two big TV screens that are flashing pictures of body bags, uh, drug paraphernalia seized names of young men who have gone on the long ride. They're doing life sentence or 25, 30 years. Male and female. Male and female. That would be enough to get my mind right if I know somebody three houses down who's doing 35 or life for something. Yeah. Yeah. So that tells me that we have a serious problem. Right. And the problem is what I call a mind problem. Okay. You're not thinking correctly. Mm-hmm. When you have a choice of making something out of your life presented mm-hmm. to you, mm-hmm. if you don't drill, we're going to send you to rehab. Right. If you don't have a job, we're going to give you one. If you, if don't, you don't have, have a high school, we're going to put you in school. That's right. And if you don't have a way to get that, we're going to pick you we up. We will pick you up and take you there. So now if you, if, you, if you turn your back to that, I have to conclude you have a mind problem. So... This is what I say in all of these institutions that I go to. Okay. And even on my Sunday message. Right. I do what Jesus did. Okay. The first message he proclaimed dealt with the mind. Mm. Found in Matthew 4, 17, 
Verse 23, King James say repent. The Amplified say change your mind for the better. Mm. He dealt with the mind first because behavior is a result of mindset. Mm -hmm. As a man thinketh, so is he. So whatever you have seen and heard and been exposed to, if that's what's in your mind, that's what comes out of your life. So we have to get these young men, not even though these are, are great opportunities, but we have to get to their mind. Mm -hmm. When I go to the prison, and I've said this, and when I say this, and I said this before law enforcement uh, officers and preachers, when I go to the prison, Clay, I do not go there to preach Jesus. I go there to prosper their mind. Because to receive Jesus, you need to know about him. Mm. I can't expect you to accept something or someone that you don't know about. Right. So I give you, I, I teach you, I show you how important it is to prosper your mind. When you prosper your mind, if you come out of prison, even if you don't go to church, you won't break in nobody's house. <laughs> right. Right. You see? Right. Hopefully, with a prosperous mind, you will make that wise decision sure. to receive Christ. Sure. The bottom line, I want you to. Right. But the route I travel, I got to go to your mind first. Yeah. Because you can't believe on him except someone that you don't know about. We have seen so much discussion, heard so much discussion about the plight of young people in America. And I know you've been committed to helping the community, this community for years, not just in the last five or six. If, if you have all of the, all of the elected leaders in the region, from the governor to the mayor to the DA to every person on the city council, the police chief, the sheriff, and you're talking with them about ways to get the community to either listen or adopt a new way of going about business, what would you tell the leaders to do the leaders will have to do the same thing that we're trying to get everybody else they must change the way they think okay on how they do things they must realize that it's not just a matter you heard me say this many times telling a young man to pull his pants up mean nothing to him pull his mind up right he'll pull his pants up that's right his pants or a reflection of how he thinks. Mm -hmm. So we have to make an investment in getting quality information to young people. It has to start early. Mm -hmm. We got to help parents. You can't you you pass on who you are. Right. If a parent don't know no more than what they know, mm -hmm. that's what they pass on to their children. Right. So we have to start somewhere of trying to get to a young generation mm -hmm. where they can get quality knowledge. We need more mentors mm -hmm. in our schools, in our community, which is what we do. You know, Clay, right. because you help us yeah. each year. Sure, sure. We give $5,000 per student right. at our church That's right. to help them mm -hmm. go on to higher learning mm -hmm. because we know if they get a prosperous mind, they will be successful Absolutely. no matter where they go in Absolutely. life. Absolutely. And so I think we have to talk to our our leaders mm -hmm. 
is not just mass incarceration. Sure. But even while they are incarcerated, make sure that they get access right. to something that's going to prosper their mind. I tell the young men at the prison, a men period at the prison with mm-hmm. the orange uniform on. <laughs> right. I tell them, I say, if you leave out of this prison with the same mind mm-hmm. you had when you came on in here, you'll be back. You forever wear that orange uniform. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be your favorite color. Yeah. The only thing that's going to change that is when you change the way you think. And Clay, I confess to you, we have men that was in prison that heard me preach and teach what I'm saying right now that's right now functional at Oasis Christian Church. No question. We have men sitting in our church right now. One came to see me yesterday. I was out. He did 23 years in Louisiana State Penitentiary. If you saw him and talked to him, if he didn't tell you, there was nothing about him that would make you know that because the way he carried himself. Mm -hmm. You know why? Because when he was in prison, he was reading, he was learning, and it changed the way he think. Mm -hmm. And so now when you think differently, you see differently. When you see differently, you talk differently. Mm -hmm. And when you do that, people respond to you differently. Right. That's what it's going to take. I know that one of the many efforts that you undertake is dealing with the way people think about money as well. And there's always, there've been talk about poverty. The war on poverty yeah. is 40, 50 years old. Yeah. And it's, it's, if it is a war, we ha- we can't yeah. take a victory lap yet. Yeah. I like you believe poverty starts in the mind, not the wallet. Po- poverty is not a state of being. Yeah. It's a state of the mind. Okay. The only difference between the rich and the poor is what they know. Let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah. See, I tell people that God won't give you a million dollars if you can't count to a million. (laughs) If you learn to count to a million, you're closer to becoming a millionaire than you've ever been in your life. Because if you get a million and you can't count to a million, first of all, you won't know what you have. No, won't know what you have. And then a person with a million dollar mine right. will come and get your million. No question. And that's what happened all the time. Right. We see it when you get superstars and others that get, and I was reading uh, recently over the years, all of the superstars that get 20, 30, 40 million dollar contract, 20 yeah. million dollar signing yeah. bonuses, yeah. and they never had a hundred dollars mm. to it. And at the end of a year or two, it's all over. Two years after you out of the NFL, the NBA, mm-hmm normally you're broke yeah and it's a result of having it yeah but not knowing what you have no question and it leaves you so and in our case in my case you you really should learn how to manage money mm-hmm. at home yes with your parents but yes. when your parents only had enough to, <laughs> <laughs> to make it from payday to payday it's nothing to manage it's simple it's easy that's, that's you get this you pay this you broke and then you <laughs> you see that's right copy paste repeat and so and and the church play a role in that yeah. as well yeah. to a degree the church is always there to add to and complement what should be happening in the home mm-hmm. but unfortunately we know that they're not getting much in the home. Yeah. So I tell people the same children in the schoolhouse is in the church house. Yeah. So the same problem you have at the school. Sure. On different is I could deal with it a little different at yeah. the church. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there are 
great churches and communities across America, across the planet where people are engaged and much like yourself, they have leadership that want to be a part of solutions and not a part of the problem. And I, I won't I won't dwell on any any of the other side churches or anything like that. But I do want to ask a question that you can define for people listening. What is the role of the church in a community when you are not only trying to be effective on Sunday or Wednesday, but you are also trying to be involved and positive in other facets of a community? Every church should impact the community mm-hmm. that they're in. Okay. Not just open on Sunday for service. Yeah. But to get out and get involved. Okay. They just recently built apartments by our church. Yeah. This week, the end of this week or the first of next week, we're going to every apartment over there and we're going to leave on there door, mm-hmm. a little bucket mm-hmm. with some cleaning supplies. Nice. A little welcome to the community. Yeah. This is our church. Yeah. You don't have to catch a ride you and walk in distance. <laughs> That's right. Two Saturdays ago, we had a community outreach where we gave to over 400 families, mm-hmm. brand new. Right. Shoes, clothes, underwear. Wow. To reach out to them. Every year we have, and you involved with us on many of these sure, activities, sure. the back to school. Yeah. I tell pastors, you should grow your church from the outside in. Mm-hmm. Go into the community. Make a difference in the community. Don't just be there as a church on Sunday. Right. Don't just expect them to come. Take the church to the people. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're doing and we're seeing this more and more. Right. We just had uh, 150 shirts for volunteers, mm-hmm. for for activities. Uh, July the 15th, this July the 15th, yeah. along with other churches, we did it last year. That would be several thousand people that would be all over this city doing something to make life better for others. That's a Saturday. That's a Saturday. Yeah, yeah. July the 15th is going to be called 225 Serve Day. Wow. We're going to go. We went to the nursing home and we went there to bring some joy mm-hmm. to the resident. Mm-hmm. We made cakes and pies for the firemen down yeah. the street. Yeah. We went to the police station and took them cookies yeah. and pies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they wasn't upset about it. No, no, no. no. I'm sure they weren't. <laughs> that, see, that's the kind of thing that, and I know those things are hard. You're, and it costs money to it, do it does. all of that. And, and the publicity for that needs to get out there a little bit more. And, yeah. and I'll definitely contribute to that. Yeah. You know, po- politics has, and regardless of which side of the aisle you're on, and, and I'm not, you know, either side. But when you take a step back and you look at the effort to get things done, there seems to be almost 
a paralysis by analysis approach by politicians, talk every issue to death yeah. and never get started on step number one to fixing it. And it, it does happen on both sides. What would be your advice for political people listening right now who are more interested in the argument than the solution? Well, <clears throat> we see this gridlock. Everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. But it's how you approach something. Yeah. If you come in with a predetermined, preset mindset mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that you're going to make this difficult, then it's pointless to even meet. Right. Let us agree to sit down and have a conversation right. about what is best for the people that we represent. Mm -hmm. And you know, Clay, I'm going to say something here. And I'm in a, I'm in a position that perhaps a politician may not be in, but yet he is in it or she is in it if they're willing to take a stand. Okay. Clay, you get elected by your constituents. Right. So you represent them. Mm -hmm. But Clay, if your constituents mm -hmm. want you to do something that you know as a human being is not right, Right. I will honor and respect you if you would take a stand, even at the cost if they put you out. At least sure. you'll be able to look yourself in the mirror, your you children, right your family, and you did the right thing. Why can't we take stands like that? Yeah. Why can't I don't I can't hide behind my congregation? Sure. If my congregation say, "Well, Pastor Wiley, you know you are a pastor, but we don't like these white folks to come in here. They coming in, put right. me out, throw me out, <laughs> right. or whatever you want right. to do." But I'm not gonna cave in right. and compromise. Be, and, and hide behind people. Right. You represent them. Right. They got you to represent them. Right. They got you to represent them because they don't always know what is the right thing to do. That's right. But you have to help them. Don't take issues white and, and you know, and, and we, we have to get beyond that. That's, that's heavy medicine. I, I, nothing I can add to that. When it, your vision for Baton Rouge, we can, we, can, we can wrap up with these few thoughts here. Your vision for Baton Rouge, where do you want to see Baton Rouge go, and how do we get there? I believe, Clay, and I've heard this said by many, and this is not just a cliche. Mm -hmm. I believe that Baton Rouge is ripe for something great to happen. I agree. That could impact this nation. I agree. I think it's just going to take us coming together. Mm -hmm. In all walks of life, the church, politician, all ethnicities, mm -hmm. we have to come together. They got to realize that we from the South. Yeah. We are jambalala. <laughs> that's right. We, we are, are gumbo. That's right. You got to put all of us in the pot <laughs> to make it right. That's right. But even in a jambalala, Clay, yeah. if you don't like chicken, you like sausage, yeah, it's in the pot. It's in the pot. If you don't like the sausage, the right, <laughs> everything we need is in the pot. Right. If we can all come together right. and put all of who we are in the pot mm -hmm. and make something good. Because when I travel, people talk about the gumbo in Louisiana. That's right. Well, we are the gumbo. We are the gumbo. We are the ingredients that makes everything good. So let us take our southern roots, who we are. Yeah. We, you know, when you strip us down, when we take away all of the titles mm -hmm. and the, the positions right. and the layers of yeah. stuff that we have placed upon ourselves, all we are 
a boy from New Road <laughs> that caught fish in the river, <laughs> cleaned them, cut them up, and ate them. Yes, sir. You see, <laughs> ate anything that walked, crawl, or slide. We ate things that would actually eat us. That's, that's, that's it exactly was just a matter right. who got the first bite. That's exactly right. And let's, and let's just, and that's who we become, Clay, every time right. we have a tragedy. Yeah. That's who we become. Yeah. We come together during the flood. 95% of the help and the support that we got from our church came from people that don't look like me. That's right. Then after the flood, yeah, where are you? Yeah, I just think we we missed that was one opportunity that gave us a chance to get closer, and I hope it's it's a shame the tragedy is what it takes yeah to to make us understand that yeah. yeah. So let's talk about Oasis. Let's tell people where Oasis is. Let's talk about what I call it the Big O. Let's talk about Oasis. Oasis. Okay. Okay. Well, I have about six hours. I could talk about Oasis. <laughs> Oasis right. is located in North Baton Rouge, area code seven zero eight zero five. The hot spot, which is the hot spot. Yeah, that's why we are an oasis. That's right. Fishermen always go where the fish are biting. Right. In seven zero eight zero five, the fish are biting. Yes, indeed. All kinds. Yes, indeed. Are in the net. That's right. But we're there by the will of God. To make a difference. Right. We have a vision for 70805, mm-hmm. which I believe will eventually expand all over the city. We want to build a city in the city. Mm-hmm. We want the kingdom of God to manifest on earth in 70805. We want God to be glorified in an area where people have written all. Businesses have abandoned, but we want to raise that that area up. So we have purchased land. We have some building that we want to develop. We want to give jobs. We want to have economic development. Mm-hmm. I want the young black men in that community to see what we can do. Right. We we don't. We have partners like you, Clay, and others that support us, mm-hmm. but we don't really go out there to the government oh, and sure. other trying to get them. Right. And I, because I want our church and our community to know that we are better together. Right. Not separate from other oh, people. Oh, sure. I know what you mean. But teamwork yeah. still make the dream work. Right. That we can do whatever we come together to do. Mm-hmm. That's We want that to be our legacy. Mm-hmm. We want mm-hmm. them to build upon that. And so we have some projects that's going on mm-hmm. now. And it takes a lot of money to do it, Clay, mm-hmm. which you know that. Sure. And we have, you know, many of the members of our church was affected by the flood. Right. So we had to get the church back together, try yeah. to help them get back together. Because the church and flooded as well. The church had two feet of water. Yeah. And, of course, we were like many people. And although we were fortunate than many because we did have insurance for the structure, mm-hmm. but not the content. So we lost, you know tens of thousands of just everything that we have to get back. Then you're trying to help the church, the members of the church. But God is faithful. God is good. You'll never, if you ever hear me complaining, you know something is seriously wrong with me. I'm always grateful. Uh, 
I've learned to do so much with so little for so long. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> we know how to make do. <laughs> That's right. That's we, right. We never forget from whence we've come. <laughs> right. So we always know how to make it. So we get back together. And uh, we have a lot of things that we'll be doing. Our, you know, uh, scholarship gala, which would be uh, in July. Right. To, you know, a fundraiser to mm-hmm. continue to f- help these young people go to college. Mm-hmm. I think we... I don't know how many we've already sent to college, how many scholarships we've given out over the years. I was going to ask you, how many years have you been doing it? We've been doing this now. I believe this is going into either the seventh or eighth year. Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah. That's fantastic. And the last year, the last two years, was the first time we ever had a fundraiser. Right, that's right. We always depended upon what the members Mm -hmm. of the church would give on the envelope toward it. But as the number increased, we need more resources. And we don't want to regress. We started with 5,000. We don't want to do anything less that's than right. that. That's right. And that's, you know, that helps a lot of these kids who don't have anything and gets them started on their way. And, you know, the criteria, of course, they have to be uh, active oh, yeah. in youth church. Oh, yeah. Or they have to maintain a certain yeah. GPA. Yeah. And, of course, they didn't have that when we was in school. My daddy would have put a chain around us and drove us to church. We'd have been at church on Mondays and Tuesdays, you know, to qualify. Right. But you know what, though, Clay? Unfortunately, yeah. with that opportunity, we still don't have parents pushing wow. and encouraging. So we have to still try to work with what we have. Right. So it's a, it's a learning process. But when you are committed to something, mm-hmm. the opposition does not deter you. Right. If opposition can easily deter you from something, then maybe you shouldn't be doing it. I agree. So I'm committed. Our church is committed. And God always surrounds us with people like Clay Youngs mm-hmm. and others yeah. that see what we're doing. Yes, sir. And help us to do it. And at the end of the day, on my tombstone, all I want them to say is that he was not afraid to obey God. Bishop Charles E. Wallace with the Oasis Christian Church. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Promote your business or organization on Podcast225.com. Podcast225.com is quickly becoming a weekly tradition for Louisiana listeners. Every month, thousands hear the weekly Clay Young Show. Every week, Clay sits with some of the state's most fascinating and entertaining people. Posting your company's logo on the podcast225.com website or having a professionally produced commercial air on The Clay Young Show is a great way to access a loyal and informed audience. Get more information by calling 225-214-1550. That's 225-214-1550. Clay Young here with John Conroy, the founder and owner of Pest Stop Do-It-Yourself Pest Control. You know, John, people are often wondering where to go if they want to find out about killing ants, termites, spiders, mosquitoes, what have you, and it's a concern, and you end up in the big box store waiting for an answer, and really the answer is, go to a pest stop location and ask any question. That's exactly right. If, if you're tired of the mystery all of pesticides, mm-hmm. come see us, because we'll give you exactly what you're looking for, not only you know what to use, but how to use it. 
That seems to be the big question. Absolutely. How do I use a professional strength product safely around my kids and my pets? And it's very easy to accomplish. And you save money in the Ooh, process. A lot. So if I'm in the New Orleans area and I want to get my hands on the product, how can I find Pest Stop? Well, in Metairie, we're located at 3512 Severn Avenue next to the Pepper Mill. On the North Shore, we're at 1417 North Highway 190. That's next to Sherwin-Williams or Villaries Florist. And on the West Bank, we're on the Palco just past the Harvey Bridge. And, of course, in the Baton Rouge area at 806 O'Neill Lane Pest Stop, your do-it-yourself pest control solution. This is Jeff LaDuff, retired chief of police for the city of Baton Rouge. I'm Kelly LaDuff, co-owner of Open Eyes Safety Training and Consultant. Open Eyes is focused on providing quality safety solutions that give businesses and employees the skill set needed to recognize and react to dangerous situations. On a daily basis, we hear yet another story of workplace violence or active shooter. Open Eyes offers a unique approach to keeping you and your businesses safe through site analysis, technology recommendations, policy review, and employee training. To set up a consultation for your business, call us today at 225-313-9713 or visit us at our website at openeyesafetytraining.com. We say keep open eyes because 10% of our population cause 90% of our problems. See them before they see you. This is the Clay Young Show on podcast225.com. All right, thank you folks for listening again to the show. We appreciate you tuning in. Uh, You can always share our show. You can download it at podcast225.com or on iTunes. You can also get it at the Talk 107.3 mobile app. Hit the subscribe button every time you do when a new show pops up. It will go right into that little podcast icon that you have. We've got some interesting shows on the horizon, two in particular that I can't give away, but both are going to be very, very interesting. And in fact, something took place earlier in the studio, earlier this week or or last week, really, that when made public, I think is going to definitely be a game-changing something for Baton Rouge. Many, many ways. Can't say much more than that. But it's going to be something else. But again, thank you folks for listening. We'll catch you next week here on The Clay Young Show. Thanks for listening. Join us next week for another edition of The Clay Young Show.